Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Here now, God's word. While he was speaking, a Pharisee invited him to dine with him. So he went in and took his place at the table. The Pharisee was amazed to see that he did not first wash before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? So give for alms those things that are within, and see everything will be clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you all tithe mint and rue and herbs of all kinds and neglect justice and the love of God. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love to have a seat of honor in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without realizing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. And he said, Woe also to you lawyers, for you loathe people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not lift a finger to ease them. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your ancestors killed. So you are witnesses and approve of the deeds of your ancestors, for they killed them and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom will ki- you, they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be charged with the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be charged against this generation. Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You do not enter yourselves and you hinder those who were entering. When he went outside, the scribes and the Pharisees began to be very hostile toward him and to cross-examine him about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Uh, I'm Adam Seat. I'm the lead pastor here at Orange, and I thank you for being a part of our worship today, whether you're here in person or for those that are joining us online. Something stood out to me as we prayed the prayer of illumination uh, before Pastor Corey read the scripture. Just the formula in that prayer, if you've got your bulletin, just feel free to take a look, that, that we would hear the word so that we could understand. And then that that understanding would be so that we could believe. And then that believing so that we may follow in all faithfulness. It's this formula that it would be not just something we hear, it becomes something that we believe then it really becomes something that we live. And that's what I think we're called to today. And as Pastor Corey read that scripture, this, this is one of those passages that makes me think, you know, if, if Jesus was walking around with us today, I'm not sure I'd want to walk along with him sometimes. He's kind of harsh. I mean, I was listening to this. Sometimes I'll listen to the Bible uh, as I'm driving my car. It's a good thing to keep my mind on the things it should be on. And I was listening to this particular passage and then some even following it. And I was thinking, wow, Jesus, I mean, you were invited into the home of the Pharisee. And that's the way you're going to talk. I mean, they need to hear it. 
but it convicts and not only convicts them, I think it convicts us. So sometimes we hear things that we don't want to hear, but I think today God is speaking to us. So let's go to God once again in prayer. God, in your mercy, you invite us and call us to this place to come and to be one body. You invite us into this place to come and to offer up our hearts in praise and thanksgiving to you. But as we come and we offer that up, Lord, you still pour out your Holy Spirit. And so as your Spirit is poured out into this place, may that Spirit transform us. May it open our hearts, may it open our minds, so that we might truly hear. So that in hearing, we may truly understand. In understanding, we may believe. And in belief, we may be obedient and faithful. So Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. You may have heard the news this week, but the World Health Organization, and I think even some others, released a statement stating that the emergency of COVID-19 is over. Praise God. You're a little skeptical, kind of like me. Because we know it's still with us. We know it's still around us. But, but the emergency part of it, it it's not as, as crucial because now I think we've learned how to detect it. I know we've learned how to separate from others if we have those symptoms. We, we have treatments that are available. So it's not as critical for us. So maybe we can accept that. But during the midst of the pandemic, it taught us a lot of things. One of those things is it taught us that not a lot of people wash their hands quite the way that they should, right? I mean, we were told early on about needing to wash your hands for 20 seconds under hot water and soap, and that you would wash your hands for 20 seconds under hot water and soap long enough to sing happy birthday to yourself twice, or there was something else we learned that you could do in 20 seconds, say the Lord's Prayer. That's right. So we learned about that maybe we weren't as good at washing our hands before the pandemic as what maybe we became during that time. We also learned the benefit of hand sanitizer. I mean, we all probably had been familiar with hand sanitizer. I mean, we always use hand sanitizer before we distribute the elements of communion. But during the pandemic, we really became attentive to using hand sanitizer. In fact, Catherine Wacker, during the midst of the pandemic, right at its peak, gave me this. She brought to the church one day. It says, wash your hands and say your prayers because Jesus and germs are everywhere. That seemed fitting for me. And so I, I put some hand sanitizer in this bottle and I keep it on my desk as a reminder to, to wash our hands and say our prayers because Jesus and germs are everywhere. And somebody else gave me a hand sanitizer that it smells like, it says black cherry. And when I open it up, it smells so good. If I put it on my hands, you know what I want to do? <laughs> Which would kind of do away with the whole point of using the hand sanitizer. We... We have learned that people were not washing their hands as much or using hand sanitizer. We've learned that in the midst of all of this, 
We take note of it. I mean, it's kind of like, have you ever been in the, rest, in the restroom, a public restroom, and someone uses the facilities, and you hear them walk out with having the water turned on to wash their hands. You think, ooh, it catches you off guard, doesn't it? So this meal that Jesus here is getting ready to share with the Pharisees, it catches them off guard as well. We are continuing in this worship series called Feasting with Jesus, and we've been considering the transformative meals that Christ has shared with people. And today we get to experience a transformative meal in the sacrament of Holy Communion. But we've, we've taken a look and watched how Jesus shared a meal with two of his followers in Emmaus. We are reminded of how Jesus prepared breakfast on the shore and shared that with Peter. Last week, we were reminded of how Jesus even shared a meal with tax collectors and sinners. And today, as Jesus has been teaching, a Pharisee invites him to his house for a meal. That one, that one's kind of amazing in some ways. I mean, we don't think of Jesus associating with the Pharisees a lot of times. These are the ones that have studied the law so much to make sure that they never break the law and make sure that you never break the law so they want everyone to be obedient in every way. And they've invited Jesus now to come and to share in a meal at his home. And Jesus goes. Jesus agrees. He goes into the home and the scripture says that he immediately reclines at the table. He, he sits down and he does not go through the ceremonial hand washing that the Pharisees had been observant to. See, they had come up with this entire process of how you were to prepare yourself for a meal. You would take the pitcher and you would wash water over your hands. And in fact, they had it prescribed certain parts of the law about if it went up above your elbow and then washed down to your hand, then you were unclean. So you had to wash again. They had had it all prescribed. And the thing was, so many times the water that they were using wasn't clean to begin with. But they were going through the motions. They were making themselves feel better about it. And in fact, when they take this hand and they wash over this if they crab the pitcher with this hand then guess what they're dirty again and so they actually had prescribed so that in the household a servant would have the responsibility of pouring the water over the hands and they would wash making themselves think that they were clean well they notice Jesus didn't wash his hands Jesus didn't follow what we do Ooh, that's disgusting and Jesus uses this, he uses this as an opportunity to teach. And in fact, he gives a real good lesson to them. Jesus talks about how before, when they wash, that they are just washing the outside. He talks about washing a cup or a platter. You don't just wash the outside, but that's what he said that they were doing. Now, before in the days of having a dishwasher, I used to have to wash dishes by hand. Any of you remember what that's like? Some of you may still choose to do that. If you're washing a cup, what part do you wash first? Rinse out the inside, yeah. And then you got to make sure you get up around where the lips are going to touch it because you don't want somebody else's lips touching where your lips have been. So, I mean, you got to get it all inside and outside. But Jesus says that what the Pharisees are doing, they're, they're pretending, putting on a show. They're washing the outside and not the inside. And then he gets to the core of it. He starts to break it down so that they might really begin to understand, so they might hear and understand and then believe. In verse 42, Jesus points it out to him. He says, but woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint, 
and rue and herbs of all kinds and neglect justice and the love of God. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. I mean, he's pointing out to them how they've fallen short. He's pointing out to them where they have fallen short. And where they've fallen short is they have taken this law of tithe. 10%. And they have taken it and put it to the extreme so much that when they receive mint, when they receive herbs, that they measure it out, these little particles, just to make sure that they give back only 10%. No more, no less. But he says that they're doing that, but they're neglecting injustice that is all around them. They're neglecting showing the love of God to the people all around them. Oh, they may be doing real good by tithing their herbs and their mint, but they're neglecting everyone else around them. Woe to you Pharisees, he says. You're putting on a show. He goes on and he adds to it in verse 43. He says to woe to you Pharisees, for you have loved to have the seat of honor in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. See, the Pharisees loved to be seen. They loved to wear their garments so that everybody knew who they were, how righteous, how holy they were. They wanted the place of honor to to sit. And in fact, we know some of the other practices of the Pharisees by the ways that they like to put on the show through the ways that Jesus would condemn them at other times. When Jesus said, when you fast, do not fast like the Pharisees, but fast in quiet, fast in private. For they put marks on their face, they sunken in cheeks to make it look Oh, look how righteous I'm suffering for God. They put on the show. But it's not about the show. Jesus is calling them out for the ways, in fact, for the ways that they've been living, putting on this show. He calls it out even more in the next verse. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without realizing it. Now, this point here is fascinating how Jesus is comparing the Pharisees to an unmarked grave. The law of Moses said that if you touched a dead body, you were unclean for a period of seven days. But they extended it not just if you touched a dead body, if you touched a grave or walked over a grave where a body had been laid You were unclean for a period of seven days. And so the Pharisees, they did not want themselves to become unclean or anyone else to become unclean. And so they themselves took up the undertasking to make sure that all the graves were whitewashed. They were marked so that everyone would know, so that no one would unconsciously become unclean. Jesus says, you're that which is making people unclean. Your life is like a corpse that is making people unclean. Because you present, but you're not there. Your walk does not match your talk. They're so focused on these things, but they're missing the big thing. The injustice that is around them. Showing the love of God, helping others. In the midst of this, it says that there were lawyers there at the table. Well, I mean, the Pharisees themselves were kind of lawyers as they studied. They were so diligent to, uh, and attentive to the law. One of the lawyers at the table speaks up. He says, teacher, when you say these things, you insult us. I can always picture the tone. You may not mean to be doing this, but you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> it's funny how they say it. You, when you say these things, you are insulting us. Well, Jesus says, oh, you think I'm insulting you. I had not even got started on you. <laughs> 
I mean, look, none of us like to be called out. None of us like to be called out. It, it hurts. I mean, even if it's harmless. I mean, as a man, if somebody says to you, your barn door's open, it may hurt to have heard that. And if you don't know what that means, that's okay. But it may hurt to hear that. But, but really, it's helpful for someone to call it out to us. Jesus is, it may hurt for these people to hear what he's saying, but I think it's helpful for the kingdom of God. And so he lays in on these lawyers as they have spoken up. Jesus lays in on verse 40, 46. He says to them, oh, woe also to you lawyers. And my wife's an attorney, so she has to hear this. For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not lift a finger to ease them. They, they, they make other hardships for other people instead of offering to help. In fact, the, and they're trying to be raised up to status. It's becoming more difficult for others than it is for them. You know, they have all the opportunity, and they are these kind of people that like to point out and be critical of everything around them, but they never seem to solve the problem. You don't know anybody like that, do you? Somebody that all they can do is criticize but never find a solution. We, we, you may have been around somebody like that before. But here, Jesus is calling out these lawyers and these Pharisees. You know what? You're making everyone else's lives harder, but you're not doing a thing to ease the burden. And he goes on, and he adds to it even more when he says in verse 47, Woe to you, for you build tombs of the prophets whom your ancestors killed. As he goes on, he's highlighting the ways that so many times they would build monuments and memorials and, and say how they beloved these prophets that had come before. But they're not doing any of the things that the prophets had said. And in fact, their own ancestors were the ones that killed those prophets. But they want to show and pretend how righteous and holy they are, how kind they are, but they're far from it. Lastly, the last woe that he offers to them. He says, woe to you lawyers, in verse 52, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. He is calling them out for even people that are coming and want to, to hear so that they may understand, and understand so that they may believe, and believe so that they may follow with obedience. People are being turned away. People are being refused, denied. They're not allowing people into this relationship with God. From there, Jesus leaves. And they probably were glad that he left after offending everyone gathered at the table. And as Jesus leaves, it says that they continue to press on him from that point on, seeking to find him to trip up so that they might have something even more against him. This life that Jesus, I think, is trying to call them to is the same life he's calling us to. To not put on a show. To not act as though we are mightier or greater or more righteous than somebody else. But that we are all sinners in need of grace. And we come to this table as those who acknowledge the reality that we have fallen short and missed the mark. And we come to this table as those who repent of our sins and seeking to live in peace and harmony with one another. Jesus is calling on us today to wash the inside, not just the outside. To let our walk match our talk. To let us be the people of God 
that he has been calling us to be. Today, may we wash not just our hands, but also our hearts. Let us pray. Lord, in your grace and mercy, you receive us. And today we come as though acknowledging that we have fallen short and missed the mark. Create in us clean hearts and renew a right spirit within us. Help us to receive these words today as a reminder that all of our being is for you. That all that we do would somehow point others to you. That our lives might not be a life of woe, but that our lives would be one that brings you glory and honor. God, we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.